0: Hey humans, what's good work? Chris Funder here for another edition of Wrestling Hostile with Alex Freddie Williams. Alex, how you doing, mate?
1: I am loving life, mate.
0: I feel like this was a really good week in wrestling television. But before we get there, given this is sort of the weekly show we do, I suppose we need to touch on a few things. Firstly, apologies for the late show. Yesterday I got called in and was gonna edit in the morning. So yeah, that one's up now if you want to go back and listen to us talk about Survivor Series ninety eight.
1: And delve into Way too deep of a cricket chat.
0: (laughs) Yes, indeed. And I suppose you've got some news if you'd like to share with the listeners there Alex
1: yeah Sunday morning I'm part of a wrestling figure Facebook group and this wrestling group does virtual meet and greets and I'll get a message early Sunday morning being like "Oi, you need to get up I've got a hookup for you you can get in this meet and greet we've got someone you need to meet so I get on my computer it's like nine o'clock Sunday morning had a pretty late night the night before so I was feeling a bit dusty to say the least if you your wheel (laughs) and i get on the computer still in my pjs with my bed hair looking all over the place and i got to do it human i met the master and the ruler of the world one psycho sid vicious yeah How was that? Uh, He was really cool, man. Like, he made fun of my hair. He's like, is your hair real? I was like, oh, we've been in lockdown. Like, my hair's a bit crazy. He's like, oh, whose hair's crazier, yours or mine? And blah, blah, blah. We had a little chat about hair. I told a story about how for one day in my youth, if you will, I got a perm so I could try to look like Sid Vicious. But my voluminous Asian background does not allow my hair to be curly and it didn't work at all but yes i did try to get sid vicious's hair when i was younger at one point he had a bit of a chuckle about that we had a bit of a chat about some of his wcw run told him about how i still do the psycho sid bash your fist against your heart and then fist pound someone i do that at work well I used to when I used to be able to actually go into work yeah um it was really surreal and yeah one day I'll end up getting Eliza on this podcast so she can talk about how for the next three four maybe even five hours that day I was just like bouncing off walls in the house I was just super pumped I was like in the best mood like nothing could have ruined it not even the Sunday afternoons G1 events which didn't really work out too well for me <laughs> yeah that was just awesome i'm glad i did it got a couple of signed eight by tens out of it and i'm in the running for some raffle for one of sid's padded leather vests that he's going to autograph so hopefully i win that little raffle because that would be an awesome piece to have
0: if i was you i wouldn't Game to send me a signed vest I'd send him a Carlton jumper and ask him to sign that and send it back.
1: As soon as I got off, I was like, oh no, I should have asked him about that photo of him choking out Anthony Cuda Oh Yeah, it was too early in the morning. It sort of got thrown on me by surprise, so I didn't have enough time to think about it, but if I had a bit more time to think about it, I definitely would have asked him about his experience with the legendary Cuda. Yeah, uh, uh,
0: early morning brain doesn't work too well. (laughs) As you can hear by that sentence. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, er Early morning brain, no coffee, not good. Yeah, well, after a certain add-on roar, I didn't feel like having the rest of my coffee. Oh, I must have missed something there. Uh, So, briefly, (laughs) I'll touch on this now. There's a 2K Battlegrounds ad where Mick Foley's in an office with some dude cutting his toenails, and his toenail lands in the dude's coffee.
1: That still doesn't sound as weird as the one on Smackdown the other day of the Undertaker just playing PlayStation with Michelle McCall
0: <laughs> And his daughter.
1: <laughs> yeah, and his daughter. It's just like, Conal in coffee, still not as weird as just seeing the Undertaker do everyday normal
0: things. You know my favourite photo of Undertaker, right? <laughs> Which one's that? From Super Showdown in Melbourne, backstage. Oh, who's he hanging out with? He's paying his ultimate respects to the Blue Powerade. <laughs> oh, yeah!
1: Man, I loved the series of photos that came out earlier this year of Undertaker at that place that has all the tigers and then like a couple of weeks later that Tiger King documentary comes out and it's pretty much exposed that the Undertaker was hanging out with this dude that pretty much runs a cult. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that came out the right time for lockdown viewing. Yeah, oh man.
1: Wasn't that such a huge thing? Like, oh, yeah. I think I watched it twice. I loved it. Then you go on YouTube and search up Joe Exotic he ran a show for then WA back in the day
0: at his Tiger Sanctuary. I'm pretty sure he was in TNA at one point as well. Probably. Because everything connects back to TNA. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure he's one of the Dina cousins. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so from you talking about cooter and getting sidetracked with 2K, I suppose I should ask now before we move on. Are you going to buy this game? Because I'm certainly not.
1: I've actually been seeing some pretty good reviews from people that actually got it. Yeah, it's not a simulation game or anything like that, but it's just fun. I'm going to wait a little bit for the price to
0: drop even more. That's what I was thinking. I'll probably wait and see if it's not as buggy as the previous game that 2K brought out. And yeah, I'm not willing to drop that amount on a game after what happened last year
1: No, nah, i might even wait for my local ab games to get a return or something and i'll buy it pre-owned or something for 15 bucks use up
0: your carrot points,
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> i need to use a few of those actually
0: anywho from the world of gaming and meet and greets i suppose i should let the listeners know of something that i'll be doing over the weekend yeah please do i'll be part of a virtual watch along on the up next podcast youtube for their watch along of clash of champions gold rush
1: make sure you get your plugs in brother <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah they're they're very nice guys and I, I won't overstep the line if they allow us to do that that'd be much appreciated man they're, they've been pretty good with dropping our podcast name from time to time anyway so yeah i see the guys occasionally like or retweet our stuff so uh yeah massive thanks there to brandon harrington and davy portman
1: yeah, Braden Harrington seems like the sort of dude If I met him, I would be like best mates with him So, yeah <laughs> um, Davey as well But Braden seems like the sort of bloke
0: I'd have around But it'd be fun <laughs> Yeah, knowing you and your younger days That's probably true <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so I suppose that's all the uh, news listeners in on I suppose from there we should move on to the rap itself
1: Yeah, Let's get into it because we got quite a bit to talk about this week. Ladies and gentle humans, I almost did it. I almost watched every show this week until we just jumped on this recording and I realised, oh bugger, I forgot to watch Ring of Honor this morning.
0: (laughs) The, The only problem is with us being Aussies, it comes out the hour before Raw, whereas if you're in the US or have a station that is a Sinclair affiliate, it comes out on like the Friday night after smackdown so we've got to wait all weekend to get that episode and it airs the hour before raw and like you said if you enjoy a little bit of a sleep in you (laughs) sort of forget about it
1: yeah and every morning basically from about 6 a.m till about 10 a.m i'm pretty busy with work stuff so i've managed to have this little period of time where i can actually watch raw pretty much live but ring of honor no chance who knows i might touch back and talk about it on next week's wrap I'll just be a week behind every week
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I suppose we should get into it We will be covering our G1 for the R block That'll be at the end of the weekly wrestling wrap
1: Yeah, we've got some new stuff to talk about this week So I'm actually excited to do the wrap this week Not that I'm not always, but... (laughs) More excited? I'm more excited than normal, yeah. Let's just dive straight on into this uh, beautiful kebab that
0: is the weekly wrestling wrap. So we start off Wednesday, September 16th, 2020 for the National Wrestling Alliance Television. I checked their YouTube. There was nothing this week. I thought there might have been a last-minute push for those $20 pay-per-views, but nothing at all. But speaking of those pay-per-views, Alex, you happen (laughs) to watch United Wrestling Network Primetime Live featuring the NWA.
1: Yeah. Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) Now, I should ask, did you have someone pay this for you or did you watch this?
1: I did not pay for this, and that's pretty much all I'll say about that without incriminating myself. I watched it, and you said uh, the United Wrestling Network featuring the NWA, basically, and that is a really good way of saying it because I think I named, like, NWA Power or, like... Like NWA is like either my promotion or TV show of the year in our very
0: first episode, right? That um, sounds familiar. I'd have to pull up the results. I don't have them in front of me at the moment.
1: Pretty sure I named NWA Power my TV show of the year last year, which is just insane, but I just really gravitated towards that dial of studio wrestling and the storylines and stuff. You know, the pandemic happens, they go away for a bit, and they start teasing this, and I was legitimately was like, I can't wait to see all the cast and crew from NWA back on screen again. Oh boy. I got Eli Drake in a 30 second promo. I got an eight minute main event with Nick Aldis defending the NWA world title. And I got Camille in a squash bat. That is all of the NWA I really got.
0: Did you say 18 minute or 8 minute? 8 minute. Zero eight. Yep. What happened there?
1: So there was a tag match in this show that felt like it went for 40 minutes. It didn't, but it felt like it should have been about a 5 minute match and I reckon it probably went for about 15 or 20. And it was boring. It just dragged two tag teams. I don't even remember their names. Like, one of the tag teams, like, God bless them, but, like, one of the tag teams... Look like a couple of 50-year-old dudes who they had some pretty rockin' dad bods to say the least. It was horrible. It was a dragged out match and the rumor has it that that took up too much time and that forced Nick Aldis and Mike Bennett to have to do a shortened version of their match. And for what it's worth, ladies and gentlemen, humans like Aldis versus Bennett was really fun. It was insane because... It was just like, I've never seen a Nick Oldis match like fast furious like have to rush through everything and it kind of worked because you know Aldis has that slow plotting methodical main event style this time around like within two minutes there's a ref bump and Nick Aldis is hitting the tombstone pile driver on Mike Bennett on the entrance ramp within two minutes of the map it was just insane wow yeah this whole show was for those that watched it live there was four or five different times where the stream completed cut out. The matches aren't noteworthy. It was pretty much just um, AEW dark matches basically. Like, not exactly like squashing jobbers, but like, you know, competitive back and forth, but you know who's going to win. That's what all these matches were. There was like eight matches. It was obvious who was going to win every single match. Nothing noteworthy happened in between the matches. Yeah, there was a good promo from Mike Bennett, a good promo from Aldis, a A fantastic promo from Eli Drake but my god did they screw the pooch or what like there was nothing coming out of this worth talking about except for the streaming stuff ups
0: yeah and I noticed David Marquez was a guest on Jason Agnew's Sunday night's main event program and he said they're not pre-taping any of these. They're doing them live every single week. Live broadcasting out as the pay-per-view goes to air. Live.
1: Why? What is the point in doing a live show if you don't have a live crowd? There is no one in the crowd, so it doesn't add to the show at all that you're doing it live.
0: It wouldn't even be a contract thing because these have just started.
1: Yeah, it's just pointless. And this was more of an advertisement for the wrestlers from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood than it was then W. like the commentators were constantly talking about championship wrestling from hollywood on fight tv every week blah 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 it's like okay so you're spending this entire time like plugging your free show on the show that people paid for It'd be like if you paid for a pay-per-view and they spend the entire time just talking about, oh, you can catch exciting action like this every Monday night on
0: Raw. Spend 30 bucks for an AEW pay-per-view and they're saying you can see more of this great action on Dark.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's pretty much what was happening in this show. And I was like, if it was anywhere near what Power was, I would have been happy to pay for it. But this was nothing. This, like, didn't even visually have the NWA presentation. It was just some crummy wrestling show in a
0: small little warehouse somewhere. With was it the it, NWA ring or the Championship Hollywood ring?
1: I was pretty sure it was the Championship Hollywood ring or UWN ring or something like that. It wasn't the NWA. We were pretty much told this is going to be an NWA show and we didn't get much NWA. It was just absolute bollocks, mate. Did they speak up any of the matches for next week? Oh, uh, yeah, there's actually a match that I'm half interested in seeing just because she might be the most informed wrestler outside of the WWE at the moment and that Thunder Rosa defending her NWA women's title against
0: Priscilla Kelly which should actually be a pretty good match that'd be interesting to see
1: they got Eli Drake advertised for the next episode against some dude called Watts I don't know (laughs) Eric Watts (laughs) that's his name his name is Eric Watts but it's not that Eric
0: Watts Wait, really? Yeah, it's a different Eric Watts. <laughs> I was just being a smart Alec.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they said Eric Watts, and I got, like, super excited, and I was like, what, he's still around? Like, old mate from Saturday Night from 93 that we recently reviewed?
0: That's why I said Eric <laughs> But no, it's a different appearance of an Eric Watts, that's for sure. So I suppose before we move on, the last question I need to ask is, would you pay for this? $20 Uh, Australian or $50 for four episodes, not knowing what you're getting the next three episodes, paying for episode one as well?
1: Yeah, hell no.
0: Hell no, I would never pay for this. What about the $20 per episode?
1: You got more of a chance of me wanting to spend $50 on the four than $20 for the one. Uh, I'm a frugal guy. I am known to buy bulk to save money. Yeah, not a chance would I pay $20 for one episode of this just completely, like, inconsequential wrestling. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, a big... Thumbs down from me. Yeah,
0: and I can't really comment because I haven't seen it yet. So from there, we go on to All Elite Wrestling Dark the same day. Did you happen to catch this?
1: Uh, I did watch this. I sort of skimmed through it a bit because... Boy, was it a long show.
0: Yeah, we'll get there in a sec. Um, the sort of key match of note on here I felt was match number nine, a singles match, Owen 25 Brandon Cutler versus Owen 26 Peter Avalon with Lever Bates in Peter's corner. Like, they had a pretty good under 10-minute match, and then it ends in a double count-out for the first time in AEW.
1: I liked it. I actually thought this was great. I would prefer if both of these guys never got a win. It would be perfect. <laughs> like if they just keep like having these matches and there they can just never be a winner between the two of them.
0: Yeah, that'd be interesting. Dark last week, I sort of gave a thumb sideways, sort of enjoyed their one hour thing. However, this week, an hour and a half. Stop changing the length of Dark every week. Every single week since we've started the wrap, it's been a different length or it's been the same length with the Surprise Friday episode. Yeah. So in match number four versus Brian Cage is Megabyte Ronnie. Now it's spelled M-E-G-A-B-Y-T-E. So he's not a gamer, but a competitive eater. Even though it's spelt like he's a gamer,
1: I think it's just a play on words sort of thing. It's just cool to not have too many consonants
0: in your name or too many vowels. But when you spell B I T E,
1: yeah, I think it is kind of silly that it's spelt like that. But I think he's just trying to be trendy or whatever. I don't know.
0: I saw the like name graphic pop up. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. They got like a gamer guy or something, and it comes out and they're announcing him, and I'm like, oh, he's a bit different looking for a gamer, and he's got like a bum bag on, him. and they go, oh. Ronnie Megabyte here, competitive beater. I go
1: what? If they simply just replaced the Y with an I it would be perfectly
0: acceptable. That's what I just found jarring, I'm just like okay, that seems a bit different.
1: And if something like that makes you think that hard about something, then it's completely taken
0: you out of the match and it has done more harm than good. The story of Dark is the same as always, the person you've heard of beats the person you haven't heard of before <laughs> across ten matches except for the one where it ends in a double count out and never announced what the result of Avalon Cutler was as I checked their records and it still read the same as before the match.
1: Well, maybe they just declared it a no contest.
0: Yeah we were saying that but then you said that'd be like 0, 25 and 1.
1: I would say a double count out is a draw so that would mean it would be 0, 25 and 1, 0, 26 and 1. Yeah. They should just not put these two against each other. Just let them be friends and lose all the time. Yeah, thumbs
0: down for Dark for me this week.
1: Yeah, definitely a thumbs down. I pretty much tuned in for one reason and that was to check out uh who's o had to go between Avalon and Cutler and no O had to go anywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. So from there, the final show on Wednesday, Impact Wrestling's Impact. The results were Kylie Ray and Susie defeated Deanna Perazzo and Kimberly. AC Romero and Larry D defeated Cody Dina and Cousin Jake. Trey Miguel defeated TJP. Willie Mack defeated Brian Myers. Kira Hogan with Tasha Steele's her corner defeated Ty Valkyrie. The main event, a four-person tag team match. Ethan Page and Joss Alexander of the North, along with Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, defeated the team of Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, the good brothers, along with Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, the champions who are the Motor City Machine Gun. So they've announced Bound for Glory coming up Sunday 25th of October. The first confirmed match is Eric Young, the Impact Champion, defending against Rich Swan. Yeah,
1: that's the tough sell for me. Like, the story's great, but man, I don't think they're going to get as much buzz around Bound for Glory as they did for Slammiversary.
0: Yeah, well, credit to them, they were teasing, what, Sting and Angle? Hey, Sting and Angle could still come
1: in at any moment. You never know, man. We could get we could get Sting versus Rich Swan for
0: the impact title. Yeah, I won't be opposed to that. <laughs> Although I think with Sting's neck condition he's gonna be just more of a manager type figure if he ever comes back. Rich Swan can get
1: managed by Sting and Rich Swan can start painting his face like the crow. Oh, no, they can be the Jokers together.
0: Then they can have their literal crow. Man. Open the cage and let it fly on Scott D'Amore's desk.
1: (laughs) That is a great segment. I might have to re-YouTube that Sting Eric Bischoff crow thing. Oh,
0: man. I have to ask you, Johnny Bravo says that Fala Bar will be his best man. Who is the best man in wrestling at the moment?
1: Oh, man. So, I love Rusev. I love Miro, but as you know, 50% of my heritage is very biased towards the Philippine native Falabar. So, I love Falabar, man. Bah, bah, bah. Uh, I think he's great. Like, if you've listened to my Fruity's Ultimate Game Show booking, I'd probably chuck Falabar as the third member of Too Thick with Yoko and Rikishi.
0: But whose side is he on? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because Impact said they've taped all this months in advance, and the same week they do theirs, AEW did theirs the week before. <laughs> Dude, all the episodes of Impact we're
1: watching right now were filmed within the two weeks after Slammiversary.
0: Yeah, well, you can't really tell difference in quality, can you?
1: No, no. No, not at all. And plus, because they're on a closed set, you've got no spoilers coming out, so it doesn't really
0: matter. Unless you're um, Heath, last name redacted.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, him. Spoiling a tag match with him and Rhino, which I guess technically was that thing where he was a cameraman, or maybe it still hasn't even happened yet.
0: What he spoiled. Oh man, the quick little notes I had here were after the rascals were attacked backstage, a doctor tells the Motor City Machine Guns they can't compete in the main event, which leads to the good brothers coming in saying they want to fill in the vacant spot, then asking. Was that Dr. Yankum? (laughs) Brian Myers lost to Willie Mack, and he's been cheating in the other two matches there to pick up wins. He got caught this time in his cheating costume. I, I
1: probably spend too much time every week talking about my bias towards Brian Myers, but I just want to quickly say the most professional wrestler is a great tagline for a wrestler.
0: It's so good. Tennille is actually doing a photo shoot. This will be interesting to see where that goes. I guess so. And then the final thing was Moose calling Jericho. Demo yeah. god. Dolan title, bubbly.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's definitely what they were teasing. And then um on Instagram. Instagram this week, Moose, like, put out a picture on Instagram was like, have you seen this title, blah, 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 and he captioned it with, thanks at Chris Jericho Fozzie for the advice, I'll see how this works out, blah, blah, blah. Did Jericho respond? Mm, uh, not that I saw, but yeah, so he was definitely making it obvious, he was talking about Chris Jericho.
0: You know, that's the one stolen tile that always gets brought up, you know what the other one that recently got stolen that never gets brought up? What was that? When Walter lost the WWE UK title. Oh, he did too, didn't he? Well, he didn't lose it. It got stolen out of his car when someone broke into his car. But... Yeah. And then they had to remake the title. So instead they went, okay, You're no longer WWE UK champion, you're now NXT UK champion. Which makes more sense anyway. Yeah, but the other title did look a lot better. Oh,
1: they look exactly the same, except it's just a different logo in the middle. You tell that to my Cruiserweight title. Is the NXT Cruiserweight title have the NXT logo in the middle instead? yeah yeah okay i haven't even paid attention to that title to be honest i I like the purple cruiserweight title the bright purple one's heaps better
0: than the black one yeah yeah so aside from (laughs) stolen championships i thought impact was really good this week again i gave it a thumbs up as i did last week
1: i'll happily give it two thumbs up Uh, i thought it was fun two quick side notes uh, we brought up Heath being a complete like scatterbrain earlier. So in the past couple of weeks, I've I only just recently watched it. But the Major Bros, Hawkins and Ryder, Cardona and Myers, went to the High Spots building and did like a live auction and auctioned off a heap of stuff and had a special guest Heath come in because Heath. Just lives near the high spots place, wherever that is. Heath comes in and he helps the major boys uh, auction off some wrestling figures. Heath is looking at the back of a box for a wrestling ring. You know, the back of the wrestling ring boxes have all the wrestling figures that are a part of the series on the back of the box. Oh yeah. And he looks at it and he goes, "Oh man, who's this guy? Who is it, Heath? The Jackal? Who's the Jackal?" And immediately. <laughs> Myers and Cardona start just losing their, their stuff. Like, they're, they're just, they're wetting themselves with laughter and they finally utter out the words, It's your goddamn boss! <laughs> it's Don Callis! that um, Brian Myers like shared a video on the Major Brothers Wrestling Figure podcast, um, Facebook page of him showing Don Callis that footage and being like, So, no heat for impact. (laughs) (laughs) So, I thought that was a funny story. I've been meaning to share, but yeah, that's um, that one had me in stitches, man. Like, Heath just seems like the most, like, clueless, just innocent, like, fun-loving dude, but just, like, completely
0: scatterbrained. So, from there, do you want to move on to Thursday?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So, Thursday, September 17th, 2020, we start with WWE NXT from the US. Uh, results were Io Shirai defeats Tank Girl Shotzi Blackheart, Tommaso Champa defeats Desmond Troy, Kashida defeats Austin Fury. A WWE Tag Team Championship match. Rizango, Fandango, and Tyler Breeze, the champions, defeat Imperium, Fabian Eichner, and Marcel Bartel. Fifth was a women's tag team match. Casey Canzaro and Caden Carter defeat Jesse Kamehameha and Ziya Lee. Sixth, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane defeated Undisputed Era Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong via DQ. And in the main event for the North American Championship, Damian Priest defeated Timothy Thatcher to retain the championship.
1: I'll be perfectly honest. I didn't think this was a very good episode of NXT. I thought this was pretty, like, paint by the numbers, to be honest.
0: Okay, so I'll ask this because this is the first week back of head-to-head and first week where we're not getting a 24-hour delay from the US. Which did you watch first, AEW or NXT? NXT.
1: So, because I watch on the Foxtel Go app, or Foxtel Now, if I don't watch the D- WWE on Fox 8, like, whilst it's happening, I have to wait until, like, the next morning or later that night for it to go onto the on-demand section. So, lately I've been prioritising watching NXT, because immediately Dynamite goes on demand on bot, so it doesn't matter if
0: I... Miss that one. Yeah, fair enough then. Any other thoughts you have before I read out mine?
1: Kushida's the killer. I actually enjoy the k- Kushida thing. I've got theories. Oh, pun intended, I guess. The Kushida and Finn Balor might be our next TakeOver main event, which would be really, really good.
0: Yeah, yeah, possibly. I thought watching NXT first greatly helps the viewing experience, along with the crowd being swayed in to stop the banging on the Perspex this week. Hooray. (laughs) Killian Dane proves that he also watches Smackdown. Smart man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually, I thought Killian Dane came across as like, yeah, I get you. Why would you? Like, I thought he came across as quite a smart dude and like, yeah, I can't blame you, man.
0: This isn't your business. Imperium are still in the US. I thought they were back in the UK and the Prime with his Nobody's Club interview. I don't get it. I still don't get it. Then the Gauntlet Eliminator. What the hell was that?
1: It's a Royal Rumble, except pinfalls and submissions. It's silly. It's silly. What do they call it? In Lucha Underground, they had a name for it. It's like the
0: Battle was of the Az- Gods, or... Aztec Warfare?
1: Aztec Warfare, yeah. I was thinking of the Gift of the Gods, which was that weird title. With the Medallions. Yeah, how good was that title? Anyway, I think we should just one day just do a review of, like, an Ultima Lucha or something. Because that stuff was great. I
0: loved Lucha Underground. We're completely off topic again. And then following the announcement of the Gauntlet Eliminator, Regal says five men, but there's more than five men shown in the clip.
1: Yeah, but since then, five people have been announced
0: and that's it. Okay, do you know who they are? Yeah,
1: so the five men announced for the Gauntlet Eliminator match thus far, and I think that's it is Cameron Grimes, Timothy Thatcher, Kushida, Kyle O'Reilly, which is an interesting one, and our boy Bronson Reed. Give him all the gold. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Actually, no, don't let Bronson Reed be the first challenger to Finn Balor's title. No. Because he's gonna lose, most likely. Yeah, definitely. Whoever's winning this match isn't gonna be the champ, I don't think. Camagrad. But, but man, it would be good to have a Carl O'Reilly title run. That whole thing with who got attacked backstage, like um I was gonna say Tony Atlas. Um, Jake Jake Atlas got attacked backstage by his uncle. <laughs> yeah. I'm just picturing a Tommaso Ciampa, Tony Atlas feud now.
0: (laughs) You could probably do that on 2K Battlegrounds.
1: As if they got Tony Atlas in the game. Well, if
0: you can make your own wrestler, you probably could. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Anyway, the whole thing with Kyle O'Reilly checking in on Jake Atlas after he got attacked backstage in the parking lot. he just goes, you're all right? And Jake Atlas goes, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. And then Kyle O'Reilly goes... Yeah, you're all right. Leave him alone. don't you know, oh, get up then. You
0: said you're all right. You know, Kyle O'Reilly was Ring of Honor champion going into a Tokyo Dome once. Yeah, he was.
1: He dropped it to Adam Cole, didn't he? Adam Cole, yeah.
0: He lost it to Cole and then Cole lost it shortly afterwards because he also went to NXT.
1: Man, Kyle O'Reilly might be the most underutilized guy in NXT.
0: Right now? Yeah, probably. You'd be yeah. one of them right up there. The second announcement was a 11 Women's WWE NXT Championship number one contender battle royal. Why, Why 11? Yeah. Why 11? Like, 10's fine. 11's so weird, but yeah. It's just my OCD going, no, no, someone needs to be injured backstage. Make it ten, so it's even.
1: 11 is legitimately my favourite number, and even I think it's
0: weird. So EO's already beaten Rhea, Kai, Nox, all for the title, plus Larray in a tag match and Blackheart tonight in a non-title match. Who do you see coming out as the challenger?
1: They really made me believe that it's
0: going to be Knox. She's already lost the title.
1: But they did that promo thing with her. On this episode of NXT, where she talked about that stuff. I think no, that
0: she's still th- talking with um, Candace and Johnny.
1: Uh, she was talking about beating EO.
0: Yeah, but then Candace had a rebuttal video later in the night as well.
1: Yeah. So is it possible we get a we get a Brett and Luger situation in this battle royal? Both people eliminated at the exact same time, and we get a triple
0: threat. Candice, cool. Knox, and Eo. Another women's triple threat at a takeover?
1: I, I think Ripley is your money match, but I don't know if you want to go
0: straight into it yet. Like, don't get me wrong, I really like Rhea. I just think, as a neutral viewer, she has been hurt by her losing the title... Losing to Charlotte. Losing the triple threat rematch to Eo whilst in the Charlotte submission. Feuding with Robert Stone. Then feuding with Dakota. Now feuding with Robert Stone again. Yeah. I mean, looking these possible names off the top of my head and the only one I can possibly see is Shotzi who lost tonight but it was non-title.
1: Yeah even that wouldn't make sense. There was one particular person pictured that I would love to see but I don't think it's gonna
0: happen. Does she happen to be impressive? Very much so yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, I saw her picture pop up and I was like well, that would be the freshest match out of all of them.
0: Yeah, other than probably <laughs> someone like a Casey Kanzara or a Kaden Carter, you don't really have much women left there who are TV level for EO to challenge.
1: And just because it's a takeover match, like it, it wouldn't be the worst thing if they just had EO just squash someone on Takeover. Asuka did that for a while
0: during her reign.
1: Yeah, like it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for EO to just have a completely dominant title defense at Takeover, which. They should be naming Halloween Havoc, and I'm really pissed off that they haven't named it that yet.
0: Takeover, TB, and TB (laughs) James.
1: yeah it should be halloween havoc they've was stolen this? other wcw gimmicks so why hasn't WWE used halloween havoc yet the best pay-per-view gimmick
0: what was the ecw october pay-per-view they used to do
1: uh it was ecw the month before november to remember i don't know what the name of the october one was i don't know november to remember was it living dangerously was
0: that one of them Yeah, living dangerously, anarchy rules.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not as much of an ACW historian as I am WCW or WWE or almost anything else ECW is one of those things that i've been meaning to go on the network and re-watch everything but the whole music thing makes it a bit of a turn off
0: yeah as we sort of discovered with the acw one night stand with the same october was anarchy rules late september early october
1: yeah I still think, like, even though it's a few weeks before Halloween, Halloween Havoc is what you need
0: to do. No, because they do that on SmackDown. They have the pumpkin match. That's a Halloween Havoc in WWE.
1: They've never called it that, and please don't call it that,
0: SmackDown. Please don't. (laughs) So NXT, I gave a thumbs down to last week. I decided to give. Thumb sideways this week. Thumbs down
1: from me. I hated it. Everything
0: was predictable. <laughs> I think, uh,
1: there was stuff I liked, but yeah, in general, I kind
0: of hated it. I think because the banging on the glass was <laughs> so toned down this week. I just gave it a thumb sideways.
1: Oh, and I've been meaning to talk to you about this. I don't get Damien Priest. I just don't get it. The archer of mediocrity, I would say, like, he is just mediocre as heck. Like, he comes out with his weird Shawn Michaels cosplay jacket. He shoots an arrow that looks like he's a spooky goth boy because of the flames and the arrow and the dark lights and that. But then they talk about how much of a rock star he is and he jumps jumps in jacuzzis with women like pick a gimmick and stick with it brother like i have
0: no idea what you are yeah well <laughs> you know that photos are gonna go up at the pc somewhere that figure point of glory exactly i don't know i've always been a fan of punishment from ring of honor so like
1: in in the ring i think he's great it's just his
0: whole gimmick i just don't get it at the moment the archer playboy rock star type guy yeah
1: it's just like i I just don't get it like what is an archer of infamy i don't understand it someone
0: who kills people with a bow and arrow so he becomes more famous yeah (laughs) Well, I guess. Is he Robin Hood? Is that who he is? No, because he doesn't have Friar Tuck by his side. Remember Uh, Friar Ferguson? Oh, man.
1: Yeah, well, we've gone off the rails again, and that was completely my fault again this time. Um, I just wanted to vent a little bit about how confusing Damien Priest's gimmick is to me. Maybe there's someone out there that can explain to me, but yeah, I just don't get it. Oh, you will soon enough. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I would honestly like them to just lean heavier into the rock star part of it. Just let him be like a party maniac and like, let that affect his
0: matches.
1: Like, oh, he's struggled a bit more to defend the North American title today because he was up all night partying last night.
0: Yeah. The only thing I'd have to say about that is aren't they already trying to do that with Grimes? Oh yeah. That's another gimmick. I don't fully understand.
1: I just thought like Cameron Grimes is just like a redneck. You
0: know where he used to wrestle?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Trevor Lee it was part of what were they called the Helms dynasty or something (laughs) yeah they did the Helms dynasty and it was like managed by Gregory Helms
0: in his weird green jacket suit get up
1: green leather jacket always looks good yeah let's move on
0: to the next event of the week (laughs) let's uh light the fuse dynamite oh god I hate that song I'm so sick of it (laughs) And the reason we're so sick of it is because if you watch on fight, you get that song. If there's like a promo and that goes twat and then it comes back with commentary, they play that song on a loop during the ad.
1: Yeah, the AEW background just on loop as well. It's just, yeah, I hate it. That's <laughs> why I choose to watch NXT live instead of Dynamite. So I can fast forward through the Dynamite song on... On the fire (laughs) app.
0: It's a form of like torture, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just like torture you or brainwashing. Give, give us a different song every ad break. Like, give us one of your wrestlers' theme songs. Like, give us Judas for one ad break. I'll be, I'll be rocking
0: out, man. Like, oh, it's, come on, guys, be nice to us. It feels like torture. Uh, so the results were match one, tag team match: Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood with Tully Blanchard in their corner defeat Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Mako Stun in their corner. Then Adam Page defeated Frankie Kazarian in a singles match chris jericho and jake hager defeated isaiah cassidy and mark quinn in a tag team match match number four on no notice a nwa world's women's championship match Thunder rosa the champion defending against Eva Lee with diamante in her corner now had you seen any advertisement for this before dynamite went on the air
1: i advertised it like a week before did they yeah i swear I swear it was advertised just after Dynamite the previous week. Like, maybe the day after Dynamite, they advertised it on Twitter or something.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because I watch the shows, I take the notes, I edit the podcast, I'm not on social, catching up on all the advertisements. Yeah, you're
1: the workhorse. I'm the I, I'm the slacker that's scrolling through Twitter, s- sending pictures of my dogs to Shazza McKenzie because she was having a rough day yesterday.
0: Oh. Did you see that? No, I was at work oh. 10 hours
1: <laughs> exactly yeah i'm the slacker put out a tweet having a rough day because i realized i'm not going to wrestle in 2020 send pictures of your dogs so i'll send a picture of my my dogs <laughs> oh. i got a like from shazza so shazza likes my dogs i'm happy very good
0: so back to the match here find rosa ends up defeating evil east uh, post-match, Shida runs in and there's sort of a stare down between the champions and winners of the Tag Team Cup. Talk more about that later. Main event of the night, parking lot fight Chuck Taylor and Trent versus Santana and Ortiz. And the best friends, Chuck and Trent, end up winning with help from Orange Cassidy as they drive off in Sue's van. And Sue gives the middle finger as we go off the air. And
1: ladies and gentlemen,
0: we got our immediate,
1: like, the greatest map in dynamite history i loved this parking lot brawl and it's already been given five stars by a quote reputable wrestling journalist big daddy dave but yeah i thought this was the best thing ever i loved that parking lot brawl
0: oh boy i'll be interested to see what another wrestling podcaster has to say about that match yeah yeah, I thought it was a great show And then the main event I had flashbacks to NXT's Backlot Brawl match oh, However, no. <laughs> however, I enjoyed this match But I wanted have placed it as the main event That's just me
1: I honestly don't think you could follow that
0: with anything You already know what I'm going to say <laughs> Like,
1: what would you have followed that with from this show? Thunder Rosa Oh, I think that would have killed Thunder Rosa Just because of the violence in that parking lot brawl
0: yeah that's true too i didn't even think of that
1: yeah just because the physicality just went to a whole nother level in that thing and like you got poor old trent bleeding all over sue's car seats like, with his back, I'm like, oh, man, your mum's going to be furious. It's going to ma- make you get out of bed early in the morning and get the stains out of her car seat.
0: I love how the heel wrestlers are calling attention to the rules. MJF calling out Moxley for cheating using the um, double arm DDT in the main event, the um, Paradigm Shift. Always yeah. go to say Dirty D. Death Rider. Death Rider, yeah. Why has he got three
1: names? Well, it just depends which part of
0: the world you're in. What is it? Oh, is a Spanish fly in Spain just a fly? No, that's a terrible one.
1: No, the Canadian destroyer. That's it, yeah. A destroyer.
0: Canadian destroyer in Canada is just a destroyer, yeah.
1: Well, that's why they every time Davy Boy Smith went back home to England, people just called him Bulldog, not British
0: Bulldog. Fair enough. Eddie saying he was never eliminated in the Casino Battle Royal because he went under the ropes and saying they should check the footage. Alex called it last week, Moxley versus Archer Dynamite anniversary show. What are the odds he hits the dreaded ED claw in the first five minutes?
1: I think this is going to be like a squash.
0: I think Archer's going to squash Moxley. That's what I'm thinking after what happened with um, Brody and Cody. Cody Lee, thank you. Yeah, and lastly, Thunder Rose is here to save the women's division and nothing else.
1: Yeah, man, I-, I don't know what they need to do. Just if I was Thunder Rosa, I would reverse screw job myself and just like force Priscilla Kelly to pin me f- for the NWA women's title at the next NWA show and just be like, ah, I have no commitment to NWA anymore. I'm going to be on AEW. Let me have a feud with Nyla Rose. Because I think she would have just an absolute belter
0: of a match with Nyla Rose. I want to see it. Yeah. As I mentioned before, they set up the running with Sheeta. So it looks to be, so it'll be the Champs versus the Tag Team Cup winners next week. Should be another great week of women's wrestling. I gave Dynamite a thumbs up. What about yourself, Alex? Two thumbs up. If I had more thumbs, I'd give it, but just
1: because of that main event. I just want to say Santana looks like a megastar. And like, just from his physical appearance, like, he's just got the look. If there was some way to like transplant Ortiz's like natural charisma into Santana's body, you've got the perfect wrestler
0: wow big call
1: yeah i think santana's gonna go a long way if if he can get a bit more charisma
0: from his tag team partner so dynamite anniversary show is october the 14th they've already announced archer versus mox plus next week we get an 11 card dark on wednesday plus tuesday night dynamite then on thursday a two-hour regular edition of dynamite like why why do we need all this
1: so originally, there was only going to be the one-hour edition of Dynamite for this week. But then something changed and they were able to get their regular two-hour thing back. But the network was like, hey, do you still want that hour on Tuesday anyway? And I think this might be a bit of a trial thing for the extra hour of network TV that they're meant to be getting soon. This might be a bit of a trial. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, whilst this is just an extra episode of Dynamite, dynamite like the level of matches on this i wouldn't say is up to dynamite standards but it's definitely above dark standards too which is where i sort of see this next hour of aw whenever they get it sort of slotting in like being more of a showcase of the mid card but more so mid card against mid card sort of thing instead of mid card against you know joe Schmo or megabyte ronnie or underbite Johnny and all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So from there we go to Friday, September 18th for WWE NXT UK, their first episode back since the pandemic from the BT Studios in London, England, in the UK. Results were opening was a tag team Matt Gallus, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang defeated Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams. Second was Eva Valkyrie defeating Isla Dawn. And the main event, a singles match, Ilya Dragunov defeated Noam Dar. Oh, boy. It's going to be one of those ones. Let's be honest. While the studio graphics and new NXT theme are impressive, it was an average show at best. I forgot Ilya Dragunov is the number one contender to Walter. Apparently, he eliminated 19 men in a battle royal.
1: Do they have 19 men to eliminate?
0: I don't know. This was before the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, did
1: they even? Oh, I
0: don't even know. I forgot the tag team champions, gallows are still a thing. Not sure how I feel about that.
1: Yeah, hashtag cancelled.
0: Oh, and Walter's on TV for less than one minute. WWE Championship women's match next week. Kaylee Ray, the champion, defending against Piper Niven should be great. Also, Sid Sculler might as well be general manager, as Johnny Saint is hardly mentioned. I don't even recall a video from him in the last two weeks. However... 40 minutes into the show is the first mention of the NXT UK Heritage Cup with a worse video than last week. Oh no, Pete Dunn is a glorified lottery boy for this tournament. What? This tournament is still two weeks away, minimum. I knew we weren't going full Ring of Honor style with the tournament being all TV, but last week's TV special made it look like it might be at least starting tonight. Good luck NXT UK, I have no time for this tournament that is starting, well, in two weeks maybe. Closing line of the show. We all know that NXT UK is back. Wow. This was a bad show.
1: Yeah, this was horrible. The main event wasn't bad. Dragunov and Noam Dar had a pretty good match. But man, the cringe involved. Like, after the tag match and all the tag teams come out and there's like five or six tag teams surrounding the ring and then you got Imperium on a TV
0: screen. Making the most of that tout money.
1: Yeah, exactly. And... Oh, it was just really cringe. And then the promo between Piper Niven and Haley Ray, that promo was just so bad. Like, I get that the match is probably going to be really good, but geez, these two stunk it up on the mic. It just, it felt so disingenuous, so fake, so high school
0: drama play sort of just cringe, man. Speaking about cringe this show opens with sculler in the ring and we get the traditional raw starting where Dragonoff comes down saying that he wants walter and then noam dar comes down and those two sort of have a schmuzzle that'll lead to tonight's main event so your first show back after a pandemic and you guys are telling me you didn't have a main event booked and it's a classic raw style of booking a main event
1: yeah it's dumb it's just dumb i i hate that Trope like it does not do you any disservice to like announce matches before a card, it helps advertise your goddamn television show. So just do it.
0: The only time you don't want to announce matches before a card is when you're booking a single elimination tournament across multiple nights. You announce the opening round and reveal a bracket saying first semi final will take place on this night or be the winner of match one and match two, for example. We don't even know when this tournament is starting. All we know is next week, Pete Dunn is on TV as a lottery boy to draw out the participants for the brackets.
1: What is this Heritage Cup? Like, what's the purpose of this? Like, what does the winner get? I get they get a Heritage Cup, but that means nothing to me. Like, did they get a title shot? What? I
0: guess I get a title shot.
1: Give us some steak. Don't just have tournaments for the sake of tournaments and we will discuss this more shortly. Oh boy,
0: yeah. Uh, Sorry, what did you give NXT UK? Because I go thumbs down. I can't even remember what you said there.
1: Two thumbs down, two big toes down. Just good possibility I won't even watch next week.
0: Yeah, we'll get there in a minute. Uh, Saturday, September 19th, 2020, for WWE, some mack-a-down. We fought on Friday Night, Michael. Oh, we fought on Friday Night, Michael! Yeah, love that. <laughs> okay, results were singles match Cesaro with Shinsuke Nakamura defeated, Grand Metalik with Lince Dorado and Kalisto in his corner. Next, Nikki Cross defeated Lacey Evans. Third, AJ Styles defeated Sami Zayn. And fourth, a Samoan Street Fight tag team match. Roman Reigns and Jey Uso with Paul Heyman in their corner defeated the team of Sheamus and Baron Corbin. Uh, Forgot to mention last week, Alexa's fiend-like attack on Nikki Cross. This week, she attacked Lacey Evans. Speaking of Nikki and Lacey, snotting on someone's hanky is just nasty, Nikki. But also using hand sanitizers to the eyes would be... Burn like a bitch.
1: All right, so I've seen a few people talk about this and I definitely agree with this opinion I'm about to lay out. It is absolute ass-backwards booking that the baby face is the one snotting on someone else's property and the heel is the one using hand sanitizer in 2020. Absolute ass-backwards, like why is the heel the one using hand sanitizer? Hand sanitizer is a good thing in a pandemic
0: you absolute idiot speaking of absolute idiots matt riddle still hires a kite backstage
1: um that whole promo was just oh it was rubbish just
0: rubbish i'm pretty sure they just said here have this and then just say this word over and over
1: yeah they're not getting to the essence of why the character was popular in the first place yeah, it was a little bit because of his laid back attitude, but it was the fact that he was so laid back and then you get in the he gets in the ring and is an absolute beast. Just let him be a beast.
0: But will this Lucha House Party breakup be a good Lucha thing?
1: Uh, it'll be a good I'll forget about
0: it by the time the next episode thing comes along cuz I just don't care. So Metalik's backstage and Lindsay Dorado and Kalisto are trying to coach him and Lindsay says oh is that a good lucha thing to do
1: that's gonna be the thing Kalisto is remembered for no matter what he does going forward that whole good lucha thing promo that is his
0: legacy in the wrestling business oh boy then we get to what we've been talking a lot about on Smackdown Miz and Morrison are suing Otis for money in the bank negligence okay not where I saw this going but what do you think of this
1: Yeah, they're going to just sue the Money in the Bank briefcase off of Otis, and they're going to be the Money in the Bank people, I guess. Interesting to see where that goes this week. Get it off, Otis. The time has gone and passed. There was a brief moment there after Mania where, yeah, that was the time to pull the trigger, and they did. They put the Money in the Bank on him after Mania. But they didn't follow it up, and now Otis means
0: absolutely nothing. And then finally, a new woman is debuting and gets a vignette. What the hell was that?
1: It was fine, I guess. It was just blatantly Carmella, so whatever. Yeah. Like, Carmela's getting a new gimmick. Or, you know, she's a bit more of a vein, like, she's dashing Carmella now. <laughs> oh my god. that's her gimmick now she's dashing Carmella yeah I couldn't care less to be honest um I was kind of hoping someone new would come up and to be perfectly honest I hadn't even noticed Carmella
0: was missing oh my god I just realized you know we're gonna get a conflict of interest in Carmella matches going forward
1: oh they're gonna do that whole thing yeah you Probably. know what, I'd rather him do that for Carmella than the whole frothing over Alexa Bliss thing and Mandy Rose thing he was doing for a while. What
0: about The King with, um? who was it, Miss Kitty? Girlfriend at the time when she got fired and he left and then... Heyman yep. during commentary. Yep. Yeah, stick with me, kid. You'll be alright. So yeah, SmackDown, I thought, was an improvement on last week. I gave it a thumb sideways.
1: Yeah, I actually will give it one thumbs up because I actually thought the main event was fun. Awesome. Um, I think the whole Roman Reigns, Jey Uso thing has actually been pretty spot on so far. Like, I could not find a single flaw with this storyline
0: between the two. I just hope it lasts for more than one pay-per-view. I love the fact, like, post-match Jay's got the tile and he's looking at it and goes to like sort of hold it up and then tosses it at Roman and he's smiling, going, Yeah, we're just kidding around. Yeah,
1: and then like Roman gives him a big hug, smiling and all that sort of stuff. Jay leaves and you just see Roman staring daggers towards Jay. It's just like, oh man, Jay's gonna get murdered at the pay-per-view.
0: Yeah. From there, did you have time for two or five live?
1: Well, every week I say no oh
0: this
1: this week I say yes what <laughs> I watched it yes yes finally <laughs> 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 oh, I will man. say um This was a very quick show. I didn't realise how quick this show is.
0: It's the greatest Uh, hour of wrestling on television. Remember when that used to be... Remember when that used to be its catchphrase? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like, you were neither an hour or on TV.
1: Yeah, a game of what?
0: No, he's 205 Live. Uh, So results were match number one, Daivari $10,000 challenge gauntlet match. Aria Daivari defeats Eli Knight, then defeats Bobby Flacco and finally defeats Jason Cady. Uh, second match of the night, singles match, Tony Niece defeats Danny Birch. On commentary, Nigel McGuinness is back and compares Davari to Gracie from UFC 1. Yeah, that was weird.
1: There was lots of UFC references, actually.
0: I suppose that might be hinting to a certain fighter possibly joining smackdown commentary
1: maybe maybe uh cormier being a commentator is definitely heavily rumored at the moment it was nice to hear nigel McGuinness's voice again even though i sort of heard it on uk wow this show meant nothing to me (laughs) 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 like i watched this and i'm looking at your notes from the matches i was like oh I, i saw that hey i Why do I not remember one guy having three matches? (laughs) How does someone wrestling three matches in a row become forgettable?
0: Well, it did. Another little note here, just on Tony Nese's entrance jacket. I love how it's very Hiroshi Tanahashi-esque in a way. Do you know what I'm referring to there? Cut around the abs. So you know why tunner has got his like that? So he can show off the title belt. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, but like, Tony Nice does it for a completely different reason, but somewhat similar, because Tony Nice always calls himself Tony Nine Abs and stuff like that. Like, he's always <laughs> bragging about his abs, so he has a thing cut out so everyone can say his awesome nine pack, as he calls it, or whatever.
0: Yeah, but following WrestleMania last year, when he did have the championship for that brief moment he was wearing it around like tanahashi
1: yeah yeah definitely um tony niece the ace of 205 oh man
0: well it's either oh, him poor bugger deserves a lot better to be honest it's either him davari or kendrick
1: man they need to bring back ezekiel jackson
0: I know now that you're watching.
1: (laughs) I'm watching. I need Ezekiel Jackson, all that muscular mass of him just hanging out at 205 Live every week. That would be amazing.
0: Well, what's his name gets paid to be a doorman every week on Raw, so why not? Yeah, exactly. Honestly, I thought it was one of the worst weeks of 205 Live. Recently, I gave it a thumbs down. What about yourself, Alex?
1: Well, if I'd known it was going to be one of the worst weeks of 205 Live lately, I probably shouldn't have Chosen that as my um, jumping off point. Yeah, I'm out. Not not watching 205 Live again. Uh, thumbs down. All the thumbs down.
0: Fair enough. Also, on Saturday, we got New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. Strong. Did you watch this this week? I did. Wow. So we start with a four-man tag team match. Danny Limelight, Clark Connors, Logan Regal, and Adrian Quest defeat the team of Barrett Brown, Jordan Clearwater, Blake Christian, the DKC. Second, a tag team match, Rocky Romero and PJ Black defeat Fred Rosser and Mysterioso. And the main event, a tag team match, Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa defeat ACH and Alex Zane. Alex, did you watch the New Japan LA dojo ad? I did. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) The cleaning sponge ad. What did you think?
1: Just amazing. Oh, get stains out of your coffee mug.
0: That's pretty cool. (laughs)
1: I was I was sold. Yeah, it was just hilarious. Which one of those LA Dojo guys kind of looks like Adam Page with short hair? Is it Clark Connors, My yeah, friend. yeah. I think it's Clark Connors. And he was just overselling the crap out of the sponge in that <laughs> ad. I was just loving it. He was just on the full like wide eye goofy like, oh, I can't believe what I just saw, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that sort of look. Like it was amazing. Clean shaven Tama is still so jarring to see. Yeah, it haunts me.
1: Like, the dude legitimately had the coolest beard. Like, why would he shave it off? But then again, he's a
0: heel. So why not? People think his beard looks cool. Well, he's a heel. So he gets rid of it. The Lions Break Crown was announced. So it'll feature Logan Regal versus the DKC, Clark Connors versus Jonathan Clearwater, Danny Limelight versus Barrett Brown, and Adrian Quest versus Blake Christian. I'm not sure what the Winner gets, but this seems to almost be a young line cup usa but involves the younger signees to the new japan of america roster who are not young lines themselves
1: yeah what the hell's this tournament why do i need to care about this tournament why do you keep doing
0: tournaments i'm not
1: gonna watch this
0: i don't care (laughs) yeah that's sort of the the same thing i have there i'm Not really planning on watching this one whilst G1 is on.
1: Like, how did I watch this show and, like, have less of an idea of what the tournament was coming out of the show than I did going into the show? (laughs) Like, honestly, I don't get it. Like... What is
0: the purpose of this? Yeah, I just think it's more or less a, a way to showcase these, these young lines and younger signees to the New Japan system, similar to how they did the Young Lion Cup involving the three dojos last year. Yeah,
1: like, I love New Japan, but man, they're just going to the well, like 30
0: times too many on these tournaments. Oh, yeah, what we have? We had King of Pro Wrestling, New Japan Cup, New Japan of America Cup. Um, Six-man. The six-man never titles. The junior tag titles, so it was vacated. Uh, Lions Blake, Crown, and the G1. So that's... Yeah. Jesus, that's seven tournaments since they've come back.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And how long have they been back? Like, three months? Like, not even three
0: months, right? Like Uh, They had New Japan... uh... They had the Cup, then Dominion, then Strong started with its Cup. Yeah, just insane. Oh, man. Uh, So from there, we talk about the events from Tuesday. Alex, have you seen Being the Elite?
1: I have. Like, not the most noteworthy uh, episode of Being the Elite, but there is some segments involving Trent's mum, Sue, that's really worth checking out. Yeah, a Dark Order segment where all the Dark Order guys are being goofs, and Brody Lee comes in with his newest prospect for the Dark Order, Sue. And Sue ends up doing the whole Brody Lee gimmick of like rolling up some paper and throwing it at Evil Uno. <laughs> but um, Sue rolls up the paper. It throws it, but it lands at her feet and everyone in the whole scene is just like pissing themselves, laughing. Like, they decided not to cut this out, and bro- you just hear Brody Lee go, you want to try that again, Sue? So she picks it up and tries it again, and it barely even made it to Evil Uno's chest, but it was just hilarious. But then we get a backstage segment with Santana and Ortiz, and Santana starts holding his arm, and then we see Cut to a dark room, and a voodoo doll with Santana's face on it gets... Pricked in the arm. Then it gets pricked in the throat and Santana starts holding his throat. Then a voodoo doll of Ortiz starts getting the whole thing and he gets pricked in the throat, pricked in the arm, then gets pricked up the bum. Ortiz and Santana just rolling around the floor in this locker room just selling all these invisible injuries. And then the camera pans out and the person performing all the voodoo. Yes, it was that evil, that dastardly Trent Mumsu. So it was a very Sue-heavy episode of BTE this week, which is perfectly fine by me.
0: I might have to go and check that one out.
1: Yeah, as always, just check out all the segments involving The Dark Order. There's some fun stuff of John Silver doing an impression of Brody
0: Lee as well. Like, Always check out The Dark Order. They're, they're the best part of BTE. Uh, how long does BTE usually go for?
1: I think this week it was like a 20-minute episode. Sometimes it goes half an hour, sometimes it goes 15 minutes sometimes it goes 10 it's it's like dark usually it's around a 20 minute episode get
0: your stuff in kid and get out
1: yeah exactly
0: (laughs) uh back to in-ring action with ring of honor wrestling number 470 for the Second night of the Pure Championship Tournament. Judges again are Gary Gister, Will Ferrara, and Sumi Sakai. Match one in the red A block is David Finley defeating Rocky Romero in 1302. So it'll be Jay Lethal versus David Finley in the next round. Second, oh. match, second match of the night in the silver B block, Matt Seidel defeats Delirious in. 9.56, so it'll be Jonathan Gresham versus Matt Sidell in the next round.
1: Well, at least Matt
0: Seidel's safe in Ring of Honor. is away from that dastardly Michael Nakazawa. Yeah, for some <laughs> reason I really want those guys to have a match now. Man, they've got
1: to do a baby oil on a pole, mat, and uh, the whole finish comes when... Seidel whole, slips. The, yeah, the baby oil's been leaking from the bottle the whole match, and Matt Seidel goes to climb the turnbuckle and he slips off the turnbuckle trying to get to the the, the baby oil on the pole. That's your finish right there.
0: Oh, man. So I'm really enjoying this Ring of Honour pure tournament so much, especially the sit-down interviews. Wow, really great. Especially the delirious one that I just found hilarious. I'm definitely going to go back and check that one out. So next week, it'll feature the red A block match of Silas Young versus Fred Yehai, and the silver B block match of Josh Woods versus Kenny King. That doesn't
1: sound as appealing as these first two episodes, but I'm sure it'll be fantastic in the ring.
0: But he's the last real man's man. Final TV event of the week. WWE Raw Results are First, a number one contenders match for the Raw Tag Team Championship In a triple threat tag team match Andrade and Angel Garza defeat Murphy and Seth Rollins As well as Dominique Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo Then a singles match Drew McIntyre defeats Keith Lee via DQ after Randy Orton interferes Third, a number one contenders match for the Raw Women's Championship Selena Vega defeats Mickie James Fourth, Apollo Crews with Ricochet in his corner defeats Cedric Alexander with MVP in his corner. Then, Alex's favourite time of the night, 10pm Eastern, Raw Underground. So we have Dolph Ziggler defeats Atuho Rojas. Back to the Thunderdome, a tag team match. Nia Jackson Shane and Shayna Baszler defeat Team Hashtag Boat, Lana and Natalia, who lose for the second straight week. Then, back to the Underground, Riddick Moss de- defeats the Viking Raiders' Eric. Then... Asuka defeats Peyton Royce via DQ after Selena Vega interferes. Ninth underground match, Braun Strowman defeats Yibbity Yibbity, that's all, folks. And then number 10, your main event of the night, Retribution, Slapjack, T-Bar, and Mace, and no, I'm not making those names up, versus the Hurt Business members, MVP Bobby Lashley and Shelton Benjamin with Cedric Alexander at their side ends in a no contest due to multiple interference from both Retribution and the locker room. Any thoughts here, Alex, or would you like me to start?
1: With all due respect to Shane Thorne, can we actually refer
0: to him as Slap Nuts? Is that who that is?
1: It is Shane Thorne under the... Hockey masks. Do you know who the other two are?
0: I know who the two women were, but you might as well reveal. Who's T-Bar then?
1: Uh, T-Bar is one Dominic Dijakovic with a bit of a head
0: shave. And who is Mace?
1: Uh, That is one Dio Madden, who you might
0: remember from the Raw commentary team last year. Oh boy. So it's Fawn, Dijakovic and Madden. Yeah. The women of... Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez. Did you happen to catch their retribution names? Uh, I don't know what the women's names were. Okay, so it's Mercedes Martinez and Mia Yim. Yeah, um, these names, man. (laughs) Oh, we'll get there in a moment, but I want to run down everything else first. (laughs) Yeah. The fact they broke up Billy and Peyton to put them back together this week. What the heck are they doing?
1: Oh, I think it's just to set up the feud between the two of them.
0: But they had it. Amical will break up
1: on Raw. It's (laughs) the WWE. They don't end things on a good note like that. Yeah, I think they're just going to set up like... Because Billy Kay originally came in looking to challenge Oscar, and then Peyton sort of hijacked her challenge.
0: Then there was a 24-7 segment about halfway through the show, bottom of the second hour, Tazawa and a ninja dressed as a referee uh, at the beach, they go into the ocean. There's a shark swimming around as our truth turns up. He gets scared, drops the title in the ocean, comes back 20 minutes later, retrieves the title from the ocean, and Akira Tazawa's robes wash up tattered on the beach and Truth goes, see, that's what happens. You end up a shark bait when you challenge the champ and I'm like, oh, is Tazawa dead? No
1: offence to Akira Tazawa, I respect him as a performer, but God, I hope so. I, I want this character done because this man deserves to be a lot more than just a
0: goddamn ninja. The DNA test is in. Rey Mysterio, you are not the father of Aaliyah. <laughs> Wait, so... Yeah. So is Seth saying, kayfabe-wise, that Buddy Murphy is Aaliyah Mysterio's father? No, he wasn't saying that. He was sort of insinuating something between the two. No, he was...
1: The way I took it was, well, it's obvious Aaliyah isn't a Mysterio because of the compassion she showed Murphy last week, because he's basically saying that Mysterios don't have compassion. So that's why it's obvious that Aaliyah isn't a Mysterio. Um, Yeah, I I think they're going to do some weird, like, Romeo and Juliet, like, love story with Murphy and Aaliyah. And to be honest, I'm kind of down for it. I'm curious. Like, anything to keep Buddy... Oh, well... Keep Murphy on the TV, I'm fine with. I think Aaliyah was actually pretty good today on Raw. I thought she did all right. There was a bit of cringe with her acting at times backstage with her parents, but overall, I thought
0: she was pretty good. Uh, the Raw-Underground match. Is Dabakato pretty much done? Because Strowman beat him here. Like, what was the point of building this guy up for so long to feed him to Braun?
1: Yeah, that confused me. I thought for sure they were going to give, they kept referring to him on commentary this week as DK. And all I kept thinking was Donkey Kong. <laughs> I thought Damocato was going to come out on top here. Because, yeah, that would be the logical thing. Because, you know, you bring Braun over to put someone else over. But no, apparently not. But they're still teasing that Kevin Owens is going to come after him soon.
0: Stupid. Final note I have here in note of retribution. I know Halloween is soon, but I peed myself laughing. Seven weeks in and it's still pure crap. Oh my god. They wrestle in those purge masks. It's like... Exposed wrestling's greatest secrets. All it was missing was a stunt granny and Salem the Cat on commentary.
1: I think um Mace's mask was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the one mask I like. Uh, old Slapnuts had a horrible, like, Jason Voorhees mask going on. Poor old Slapnuts. I thought this was the best week of Retribution. <laughs> you keep saying that every week. Well, that's... Well... It's it's getting better every week but that still doesn't mean it was good. <laughs>
0: like, I love your defense of this. It was good this week because it keeps getting better but it's still not good overall.
1: No. It, like, they've still completely mishandled this and like, I have no issue with them bringing in like, Dio Madden and Shane Thorne, obviously and Dominique Dajakovic and whatever. But like, and I get a lot of people are just hating on it because like oh Dio Madden like who cares but like that's the whole point of Faction is to bring in new people and get them over by having them around each other and all that sort of stuff so that's fine. The biggest issue is it's taken until the last couple of weeks for them to do any physicality and now that they're doing physicality I find it a bit more effective. So uh, just remember that, that I said it here first so so when it happens in the next couple of weeks, uh, Adam Pierce is going to be the leader of Retribution, calling it now.
0: Wouldn't surprise me because he wasn't on either TV this week,
1: I don't think. And Retribution need to have an in with management to explain why they got signed with the contract
0: and how it they is... kept getting in the building all those weeks
1: yeah like how did they get a contract this week it makes no sense unless like say Adam Pierce is actually been helping them along this whole time
0: maybe that would explain a lot of things like their music their graphics yeah. their uh, Titantron how they kept going in the building how they kept getting camera time how they interfered in the truck well th- their whole thing was that they hack right so like some of that's explained by them being hackers I guess they could have been Students of Solomon Crow.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> No No I, I prefer not to talk about Sammy Callahan
0: As much as I can uh, I, raw, I don't have enough faith In WWE Paying off anything long term But no. This point you've made would make a lot of sense so however i've still given raw thumbs down this week
1: yeah it was pretty garbage (laughs) it it was overall it was pretty trash that whole 24 7 thing was just dumb uh waste of time Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre wrestling each other every week is just absolute asinine all of a sudden like even though Keith Lee has strictly been in the ring with two massive names in the company he somehow manages to feel
0: like just another guy yeah that's their biggest detriment calling him up and he's just... You can't say he's done anything memorable. He's sort of done nothing.
1: Well, well, he beat Randy Orton on pay-per-view, which is pretty cool. On Raw, it's just been nothing. Like, I think he'd be better off if he was squashing nobodies. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, WWE completely underutilizes the fantastic gift that is a squash match, because I love him.
0: So from there, do you want to go to a new little segment?
1: Yes. Yes, I'm very excited to talk about this stuff.
0: So... Because we've been doing this so long, I decided we should uh, say who our Wrestling oddstyle TV Champion of the Week is. So it's someone who you feel is the best or most entertaining on television this past week, be it a male wrestler, female wrestler, tag teams, announcers, managers, or anything else on TV. So that includes NWA sort of show you've watched, <laughs> AW, oh. Dark, Impact, NXT, Dynamite. NXT UK, SmackDown, 2055, New Japan Strong, Being the Elite, Ring of Honor, or Raw. Uh, do you want to go first or should I? You can go first, mate. Oh, it's no surprise who I'm going to choose. It's Thunder Rosa.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: The shining light of the AEW women's division.
1: Uh, I would say the only light. The, the sole candle in a dark, dark, dark room.
0: Well, uh, to be fair, Eva Lee and Diamante haven't had that much time on Dynamite.
1: Oh man, I sort of avoided the discussion cuz I didn't want to get too deep into it. But not man, a fan. Avelace sucked so hard in that match with Thunder Rosa. Like, and I'm not even going to get delved too deep into the whole reported thing that they edited out a whole exchange where Avelace full on punched Thunder Rosa in the face. Um, <laughs> oh, not even going to not going to talk about the reported backstage issues there's been with Eva Ivalice. I want to talk about when there was that commercial break, but we got the picture in picture. Thunder Rosa goes to put a full Nelson on Ivalice on the ground, and it is the most disgusting thing ever. Ivalice is not selling with her face. She's just sitting there just normally, just
0: like, yeah, here, have my arms. Yeah, She's... she puts her arms up. I did forget about that until you've just brought it up.
1: I didn't want to delve too deep into it because, like, it just infuriated me so much. Man, I hate Like <laughs> The whole match, she was, like, completely, like, stonewalling with her facial expressions, just, like, not reacting to anything when she was uh when it was her turn to sell. But when she was on offense her facials were good. But when she was selling, it was just nothing. It was just it really took me out of it. Fair enough. Yeah,
0: but I think Funda Rosa has been the standout in the women's division.
1: Yeah, she's a superstar. And she's not even a part of their roster.
0: I know, that's a stupid thing.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: A woman who's not on your roster has had well, not some of, she's had the best women's matches in your company on yeah, pay-per-view and, um, and TV.
1: Well, since we're bringing up some of her past great matches, uh, the breaking news of Serena Deeb is now
0: all elite. Is Funda Rosa yet? Well, I don't think she can. That's what's so confusing. But yeah, good to see Serena Deeb signed. Um, it'll be good to see what they can do with her going forward as well.
1: I'm sure if uh, AEW had the chance to th- sign Thunder Rosa, she probably would have been signed before she even popped up on TV.
0: That's but what's so confusing to me. They keep using her. She keeps having great matches and she's not signed.
1: Well, where else are they going to get great women's matches from in th- their roster? Like they d- Unfortunately, they're just lacking the depth at the moment. You know where they could go? Brandy well, Rhodes. Well, yeah, they probably
0: will. <laughs> okay. They will at some point. You just know it. Yes, I suppose I've talked enough there. Where did you go for your TV champion of the week?
1: So I'll just like quickly just a couple of honourable mentions. um, After discussing the week so far, so it made me realise, honourable
0: mention, Trent's mum, Sue. Yeah, I'd have to agree if I'd seen BTE. what you discussed there. She yeah, sounds even, like it was a real standout.
1: Even just the finger at the end of that parking lot brawl. Just even that alone was just perfect. Uh, chef's kiss, mwah. That was amazing. Also, special shout out to Susie. <laughs> so Sue and Susie. But I, I love... I love the Susie
0: character on Impact, big fan. Yeah, she sort of started turning there this week and then Smiley Sorry. Kylie Ray has sort of calmed her down and she's um gone back to Sue from Sue Young.
1: Yeah, I like the gimmick there. It's uh it's been told before with other characters, but it's it
0: works every time. Like in uh, TNA with Abyss. Oh, Joseph Parks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: um, Corporate Kane and Kane. Concessions Kane and Kane. Um, Yeah. But my TV champ of the week, can I give a draw on my first one?
0: If you feel it's necessary, go
1: ahead. Yeah. So uh, two portions of what I considered the best match of the week. And that would be not two people from the same team, but a member from each team. Santana and Trent. They were my stars of the week. I feel like both men just like, they're so Selling in that match. Oh, Trent just selling. Like, like I half felt like jumping into my iPad and saving the poor dude. He was getting that much simpy from me. Yes, I said simpy. That's got Styler style. Um, Yeah, I'd have to agree. That was a really great match. Yeah, and Santana was just fantastic in it as well. It's just got this look to him that, I don't know, this week in particular, It was just, like, dude looks like he could be a threat, like, by himself. Like, if he was to split off. I don't think you should split him off from Ortiz anytime soon. Like, if you ever would, man, Santana will quickly rise to the top if he can sort of pick up a few more things with his charisma. But, yeah, those two guys, like, made that match for me. And that's, like, nothing to discredit Chuck and Ortiz either. But those two guys, like, I can't decide between the two of them. So... Yeah, they can both have it this week. I don't think it'll be too often like that I'll get the chance to give Trent and Santana Performer of the Week sort of
0: deal. So. so do you want to discuss what we will be continuing and what will be cut as we talk about the G1 on this show as well? Yeah, let's
1: get into that stuff.
0: So NWA Television plus UWN Primetime Live, I think... We should cut that. What do you think? Get rid of them. I, I, I'm still
1: going to watch it this week just to s- check out Priscilla Kelly and Thunder Rosa. But if I think it's worth talking about, I might spend two minutes talking about it. Fair enough. AEW dark. Get rid of it. Been begging you to get rid of it
0: for weeks now. <laughs> Impact Wrestling. Keep keep it because it's been really good so far. Yeah. NXT US. Keep it. Yeah, I'd have to agree there. Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, but keep a dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> it's the highlight of my bloody week man well what about the low light of your week nxt uk oh
1: we're obviously gonna kick ke- no we're <laughs> cutting that yeah i agree <laughs> uh,
0: saturday show smackdown
1: for the roman stuff alone i'm gonna be watching it anyway so it's up to you if you want to keep it
0: yeah keep it this weekend if it starts dropping off in quality over the g1 we might cut it and honestly i think smackdown is just starting
1: an upward trajectory. To be honest, I think the whole Roman storyline hasn't even fully kicked in yet. So once it really ramps up, I think it's going to be really worth
0: watching. What about... Upward Projectory, how about we talk about an upward weight limit in 205 Live?
1: Yeah, well, I've been begging you to get rid of this for a while as well. So cut 205, please. And and strong.
0: Yeah, get rid of that too. Uh, Being the elite. I I think we could cut it. Yeah, if there's something notable you'll just touch on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like I didn't bring up everything today either. I just sort of talked about what I found to be the most memorable. But yeah, I think we can cut it. And then
0: ring of honor i think we keep it
1: I, th- I think we sort of keep like one show from each promotion except for nwa because they're not worth the effort anymore
0: and then finally raw
1: yeah we have to keep it
0: <laughs> we have to we don't want to
1: but we have to <laughs> okay. like we both have fun like completely crapping on products more so than praising it anyway so <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah It's just which ones infuriate us and which ones we get a laugh out of. Yeah, exactly. So in conclusions, the following shows will be cut as we bring our block coverage of the G1 to the weekly wrestling wrap. That is NWA Television Plus, UWN Primetime Live, featuring the NWA, AEW's Dark, NXT UK, 205 Live, New Japan Strong of America, and Being the Elite. If there's anything major, Alex will touch on Being the Elite. Yeah. Uh, shows that will continue over the G1 with our R block coverage, that being. Impact Wrestling, NXT, the US version, Dynamite, SmackDown, Ring of Honor Television, and WWE Raw.
1: Yeah. Um, Are we talking about the G1 on this episode?
0: Yes, we are, sir, if you have time.
1: I am very excited to talk about these first two nights. I have put a lot of effort into rating each match i've even typed out every match on my notes app on my phone i've typed it out and got this whole thing worked out and like what the total amount of beers given out of 30 beers per show and all that sort of stuff like
0: oh wow yeah. you've gone to more effort than me there so this year we have a c block as well with the young line matches so it free young lines That being Yuta Yutamura, Yota Suji, and Gabriel Kidd. And
1: also the fourth competitor, Yota Suji's hair. Just (laughs) outrageous. Very,
0: uh, I suppose, sort of... Meng? Ha- yeah, Meng <laughs> yeah. Haku, yeah. So the first night, Yuta Yutamura from the New Japan Dojo took on Yota also from New Japan Dojo, with Yuta Yutamura winning. So he has the first win of the Young Lions. I gave this match a 2.5. What about yourself, Alex? Did you rate any of the Young lion matches?
1: Uh, I did not rate the Young Lions matches just because... I'm just giving a a 30 block of beer. So you know those little 30 oh 30 can pack of beer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if I was to rate the young Lions matches to make a completely uh fictional 36 slab which we actually used would to be sell fun... those
0: a few years ago. Oh, okay. You got a but... 36 pack of Forex gold for the same price as a 30 pack Bloody cl- Queenslanders. Of course she's dead. <laughs>
1: It's the, it's the only thing that keeps Queensland moving is, is uh, the underlying alcohol issues in Queensland.
0: <laughs> and um, The and fact beaches. that we're open for business, we're selling lots of alcohol, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I would say there's not a state in Australia that loves a beer more than Queensland. Oh, I could get hate for that from my statriotic Victorians, but yeah. Um, so for the, no beer only, for the young lions. <laughs> no beers for the young lions. They're too young. They're not ready yet. <laughs> <They're> too young. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not called old lions. They're not called, like, of age lions, so I can't give them any beers yet.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm completely sorry there. I just broke. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> uh, so we go on to G1, match one. On night one, Will Ospreay versus Yujiro Takahashi. Alex and myself both picked Will Ospreay with Will Osprey getting the win here. So he moves to two points in the block rankings. Alex and myself move to one point. On the R-Block rankings, I gave this a 2.75. Yourself, Alex? Oh, man.
1: Maybe it was because it was the first match of the tournament. I was super excited. I gave this match three and a half beers. I thought it was really fun. I loved it.
0: Yeah, I can't argue there. Uh, It's still like my second lowest rated match of the night. Oh, boy. (laughs) Second match, Jeff Cobb, partly affiliate with Taguchi Japan versus Taichi of Suzuki Gun. We both picked Taichi here and... Taichi got the win here over Jeff Cobb. So Taichi moves two points in the block standings. Jeff Cobb still on zero. Alex and myself both on two points here. I gave this a 3.25. Yourself, Alex? I gave it a three. Fair enough. See, I was ranking out of 30 out of um including the young line, so that's where I've gone wrong here. Right. Yep. Okay um next match tomohiro ishii of chaos versus minoru suzuki of suzuki gun alex and myself both went tomohiro ishii with minoru suzuki of suzuki gun picking up the win here. So both Alex and myself stay on two points in the R block. Suzuki moves to two in the G1. I gave this a 4.25. Oh, wow.
1: I gave this five and a half out of six. I thought it was pretty close to perfection for a 13-minute match. The
0: The only thing I scaled it back on was because of the skull on skull butts and having recently listened to Shibata's music. Uh, yeah, yeah. That sort of imagery in it. New Japan ring isn't nice. Um, I did notice at points Suzuki was doing the old palm across the forehead headbutt my own palm yeah but uh ishii yeah he wasn't holding back so that's why i sort of scaled this match down other than that a really great match i highly recommend it it,
1: it was well spoiler alert it was my match of the night because you can't <laughs> do too much of a better rating than 5.5 out of six not my match of the weekend but my match of the night
0: fair enough match number four shingo takagi of goblin blanobiles de Hapone took on jay white of bullet club we had both picked jay white and jay white got the victory here moving to two points in the a block standings takagi still on zero we both moved to three points in the r block standings i gave this a 3.50 i gave
1: it a straight four i really enjoyed uh takagi's offense and white's counter offense like counter attacks like The way how he tries to counter moves and all that sort of stuff. Takagi goes for a clothesline, a big diving, sort of leaping clothesline. And instead of just dodging it, Jay White just falls back and lays down on his back
0: to to evade it. I loved it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, so do I. I'd highly recommend checking that one out. Fifth match of the night, Kazuchika Okada of Chaos took on Kota Ibushi who is a free agent. We'd both chosen Kota Ibushi here and Kota Ibushi got the win here making up for his Wrestle Kingdom loss. So he moves to 2 points in the block standing with Alex and myself both on 4 points after night 1. I gave this match a 4.0. So not quite my match of the night. I gave that to Ishi Suzuki.
1: Yeah, I gave this 4.75. Pretty close to 5, but um Okada here, I don't know, something's missing with him.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it just sort of isn't quite clicking yet.
1: Yeah, he's a balloon and a can of hair dye away from being full-on post-title reign Emo Ricardo here, and I don't like it. But still, 4.75 is a really good score, and I sound like I'm down on this match. I thought this match was great. It just, um, yeah, it just didn't live up to... I thought I was... I was going to end up giving out
0: six for this match, and I didn't. It didn't quite meet expectations there.
1: No, and I had very high expectations of these two, and yeah. But it was still fantastic. I love Kota Ibushi. He's amazing. Did you catch a translated uh, version of his promo from In The
0: Ring? Um, No, I didn't, but you can go ahead if you've seen that.
1: I pretty much talked about how he wants to be a god. He's going to be a god of pro wrestling And then backstage, the post-match media thing, he's like, uh, someone from the media asks him, like, "Uh, what did you mean when you said you want to be a god? He's like, I know you might be thinking I might be talking about my heroes, my gods, like Tanahashi or Nakamura. No, I don't want to be them because they're just human. I want to be an actual god. I want to be God with a capital G. My goal is to become God. Okay. (laughs) That's very Weird. It was so strange. Like, and this is a baby face that everyone loves. But he's just like,
0: I'm going to become God. Well, I suppose okay. lockdown makes, makes uh, us all say strange things.
1: <laughs> like, you just have to look back through Kota Ibushi's career, and it, and it doesn't take long to figure out this dude is a different kind of cat to say the least but yeah this whole promo thing was just so head scratching to me like what do you mean
0: yeah um but yeah it's it's still fun and just great so do you want to jump over to night number two yeah let's get into it so september 20th this started at 3 p.m australian eastern Standard time. Uh, C-block match of the night was Yotosuji from the New Japan Dojo versus Gabriel Kidd at the LA Dojo, with Yotosuji picking up the win here. So him and Yuromura both have a win whereas Gabriel Kidd doesn't yet. I gave this match a 2.25. Oh, very good. Second match of the night in G1 action, Juice Robertson of Toguchi, Japan took on Yoshihashi of Chaos. We had both picked Juice Robertson, and Juice gets a win here, moving to two points in the block standings. Alex and myself both on five points in the R block standings. I gave this match a 3.
1: I gave it 3.25. I was pleasantly surprised by Yoshihashi in this match. <laughs> I enjoyed him, and I really enjoyed Billy Kidd, I mean Juice Robinson uh, He was very good
0: uh, Oh yeah his get up What the hell was going on
1: there <laughs> Yeah he definitely looks like Billy Kidman <laughs> That opening match was fantastic
0: uh, Match number 7 of the G1 Third match of the night Toru Yano of Chaos took on Sonata of Los Ingoblenobles de Japon We had both chosen Sonata for the win here And Toru Yano gets the win Moving to 2 points in the block standing Alex and myself both stay on 5 I gave this a 3
1: oh really yeah uh i gave a 1.75 oh
0: wow um,
1: and that that's n- no indictment like i actually enjoyed watching the match i just a match full of so much like like shenanigans and all that sort of stuff like i i
0: didn't feel right giving it higher higher than a two so i gave it just under fair enough yeah so at one point sonata has Yano in the Paradise Lock halfway up the ramp. Sonata's going back. The young line, I'm pretty sure, is Yotsuji frees Yano. So Yano gets the... Athletic tape out of his pants, ties Sonata and Yoda Suji together. Yano makes the ring before the 20 count, and Sonata is counted out.
1: I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was blown away. Didn't he do the same thing with Moxley last year?
0: He does it a few times a year where he'll either time to someone or time to the guardrail with the tape. Yeah, that's why the ref always checks him for tape. I think he took uh, two or three rolls out before yeah. he started the match as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, he beat Moxley by count out last year after he, um, uh, taped Moxley to shoot.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I miss Humano. Yeah, I miss him too. Um,
1: there's actually, You might actually want to check this out. I saw this on the New Japan World YouTube channel last night. I was just looking through, seeing if they had the post-match comments from night two up. Yeah, then they didn't for some reason, but they've got it on Twitter. But there's this thing on New Japan's uh, YouTube channel called My Best Entrance. And it was from a few months ago, and they pretty much just got like some of their current wrestlers to send in a video talking, about their favorite entrance they did in New Japan, and uh, there was a video of John Moxley talking about enter- entering Corican Hall for the match against Ishii at the G1 last year, and that being his favourite entrance and they sort of play the entrance and you just get to see Shona holding up the title behind Moxley and Moxley just throwing Shona all over the place and, and Moxley talking about Moxley says a little bit about Shona, but yeah, it's a video worth checking out. Oh,
0: okay. I might have checked that out later tonight.
1: There's also one with uh, Jay White and one with Will Ospreay, but the Moxley one's very interesting and the White one's good too. Cool.
0: So from there, match number eight of the tournament, Hiroki Goto of Chaos versus Kenta of Bullet Club. We had both chosen Kenta here and Kenta got the win, moving to two points in the block rankings. Alex and myself both on six in the R block. I gave this match a 3.25.
1: Yeah, I gave this three and a half. Goto impressed me, man. Yeah. If you look at it, the three guys I was the least enthused about all got... Match ratings higher than three from me. Three and a half for Yujiro. Three and a quarter for Yoshihashi. Three and a half for Goto. Like... Yeah, I've got a lot better wrestlers
0: coming up that didn't get that higher of a score. Oh boy. So we talk about co-main event night two, the ninth match overall in the tournament, Zack Sabre Jr. of Suzuki-gun versus Evil of Bullet Club. we had both chosen Evil here and Zach ends up getting the win here, moving to two points in the block rankings. Alex and myself both stay on six. This was a terrible match. I gave it 1.50. I gave it two and a
1: half. Um, I found it refreshing to see Zack Sabre jr sort of play the default baby face so i actually enjoyed that aspect of it all but yeah there was a lot of just tomfoolery that was unnecessary
0: but this was like not last year the previous year where Tumma was in the g1 and they had so much bullet club interference
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that was real bad yeah this this wasn't great by any means but there was just certain points where i could just tell that these two
0: could tear it up but they're just not giving it to us yeah i i expected a lot more from this first pairing and yeah straight away there's way too much dick togo in the match and red shoes is down and Ooh. It was just, yeah, I disliked this match. I rated this lower than my two Young Lions matches.
1: I think it's fair to say that uh, Chris over here wants Dick to go
0: away. Maybe. Well, speaking of that, you know that um, Tucker left New Japan.
1: I did not know that. Yeah. No. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, sadly. Oh, so so they just swapped out Kaintai members then. Like, oh, we don't have Tucker anymore, so we'll just get uh, Dick Togo in then. I suppose. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is there any more on that, or?
0: Not that I've seen. Okay. I guess it was just a disagreement on something. Bye-bye, Tucker. Yeah. Match number 10 of the tournament, main event night two. Hiroshi Tanahashi, partly affiliated with Taguchi Japan versus Tatsu and Naito of Los Nobles de Japón. Alex had chosen Naito. I had chosen a draw. Twenty-five minutes into this match. I'm looking good for a draw. Yeah. Then two Destinos, a Gloria, and Naito gets the pinfall win, moving to two points in the block standing. <laughs> so Alex is on seven in the R block, and I'm on six after two nights. Alex is bleeding by a point. Come on!
1: Huggy already knows what I want to do with my R block victory, <laughs> by the way, ladies. <laughs> but
0: yeah, oh man. This match, let's get into it. What did you reckon? Uh, 4.0. I had just placed my... Uh, Ishii-Suzuki match ahead of this just as my match of the tournament.
1: Yeah, so as you recall, I gave Ishii and Suzuki five and a half out of yep. six. I gave this five and three quarters out of six. Oh wow! I thought this was pretty much perfect. Like I came into this tournament thinking Naito's not that great in the ring anymore, and Tanahashi's time's done. But we got like twenty seventeen Naito versus twenty thirteen Tanahashi in this match. These guys were so motivated and were fantastic in this, I thought. I very well wanted to give this six out of six, but I'm almost positive we got better matches to come, so I can't just give a six away straight off the bat.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree there as well. This was a really, really good match. Is there anything sort of a note that you didn't touch on from the first two nights?
1: Yeah, let's talk about no English commentary.
0: Yeah, so I suppose... I had mentioned before that the Japanese commentary doesn't bother me at all, whereas you said you were really looking forward to English. Um, How did you find the Japanese commentary?
1: But I found it quite comical. It was constantly like someone would say something and the person would reply with, Hi, hi, hi. Mm. That was the things they would say. It would pretty much be like English translation of someone just going, Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Yeah, I hadn't listened to much Japanese commentary before. I was incredibly disappointed that we didn't get live English commentary. Um, we didn't get live English commentary for the first two nights. It was very disappointing for me. By the time Sunday had come around, there was no English commentary up for night one so I just bit the bullet and watched both with Japanese commentary watched night two live with Japanese commentary and then immediately afterwards I watched night one so thankfully I didn't have English commentary to spoil the results from the night before which is good but yeah I watched night one after I watched night two
0: I might have a little bit of bad news for you on New Japan World right now and there is still no English commentary I haven't seen an official release from anyone, Chris Charlton put out a little tweet saying that they're trying stuff but that was about it.
1: Yeah it's just really frustrating because I don't know how long it's been since they've had New Japan World up and running but like I've been on it for a couple of years now, this is my third time like watching along with the G1 and I've only been watching New Japan Worlds and New Japan since English commentary has been an option. You've sort of accustomed your English-speaking viewers to to be used to this sort of stuff, and now you've sort of taken away that option now, and it's kind of off-putting, to
0: be honest. Yeah, I suppose because I was watching back in the days when it was only, like, maybe four shows a tour where there'd be English and it'd be the final yeah. it doesn't phase me that much but I can see as a new viewer when they have said we're going to have English commentary and then nothing's been addressed. It's sort of uh, puzzling where all it says on the website is English video will follow at a later date.
1: Yeah, especially like you look back over the last few years, like how many English speaking people or like viewers they've brought in like just from this app and from the whole, you know, Jericho Omega brought in a lot of English speaking viewers to New Japan and brought new English eyes to the product and yeah, like I'm one of those that only knows the New Japan product from English-speaking commentary, and I've never had to deal with the Japanese-speaking commentary before, and this is somewhat off-putting for me because I I like to hear Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton talk about the wrestlers' histories and all that sort of stuff, and they usually go pretty deep into it as well, so it's disappointing.
0: Yeah, so anything from Night 1 that you sort of wanted to touch on that we didn't touch on just before? Jay White's looking shredded. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's looking great. Milano needs to respect the former IWGP heavyweight champion, the Australian, Jay White.
1: Oh, man, yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, Jay White, his beard's grown out. I actually liked it. (laughs) Did you like his little slogan? It's not G1, it's J1. So what is this his third G1 I yeah, sure probably I'm pretty sure he's been in every G1 I've been watching and how is it that it's taken him this long to say that
0: I know because he looks shredded now
1: it's taken him three years to come up with j1 but yeah I, I do love it it's much better than the G in G1 stands for Goto oh well remember that
0: yeah that's awesome
1: oh yeah no it's super cool.
0: I love how referee Marty Asami allows Taichi to sit his mic stand and iron fingers in the corner under the turnbuckle on the mat as the match starts. Pants have come off, stupid sexy Taichi. Yeah, man. I thought Taichi was
1: great, actually, in in the Cobb match. Um, Taichi has been a bit hidden miss for me in terms of his in-ring, but he was really great against Cobb. And my favorite thing from the G1 last year was watching the translated version of the backstage comments from Chi every time he talked about Jeff Cobb. Yeah. Were you clued in on this?
0: No, go ahead.
1: Taichi would just bang on for ages about how fat Jeff Cobb is. <laughs> and he'd just be like, oh, he's like a big sumo wrestler. He's Jeff Hogg jeff hogg he would call him that <laughs> because he's a because he's a fat pig not because he's uh, our esteemed co hosts relative <laughs> but yeah he would call him jeff hogg because he's a fat pig and he and he would always cut promos even if you know he's already faced jeff cobb in the g1 he'd be like oh i have jeff cobb the fat pig do tonight and stuff like that and then yeah, this week he cuts a very similar promo and he goes, you know what, he at my respect tonight. I'm not going to call him Jeff Hogg anymore. I'm going to call him Jeff Cobb, but he's still a fat pig. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Anything from night two you want to touch on?
1: Uh, what happened to like A month or two ago Tanahashi ha- was rocking a beer gut And now all of a sudden He's shredded again Yeah that's that G1 body You go get in shape Man I was blown away Because like I saw another Taichi promo Apparently this is a thing Taichi likes to do Where he was <laughs> like Making fun of how fat Tanahashi is and stuff He's like oh you had fun In quarantine Tanahashi Looking fat Yeah Tanahashi's shredded now
0: Yeah absolutely Yeah um... like he's is ready for another title run i reckon yeah well that's why i thought it might go to a draw so you set up a a match coming out of there and naito gets the the win over an aging tanahashi also oh yano mate when your hands are full you have too many props he has his red ring chair the king of pro wrestling trophy the ambassador's sash and the squirt bowl of sanitizer
1: have you um ever seen like early 90s ddp no (laughs) So like early 90s DDP would come out and he's got like the leather jacket, he's got the mullet, he's got the John Lennon circular sunglasses, he's got he's got a cigar hanging out his mouth. He's got like Rick Martel's like arrogance perfume thing. He's got Kimberly in his corner. He's got like a leopard print tights and basically every single thing on him was just a giant gimmick. And pretty much he was only only able to be successful after Eric Bischoff said, you can keep one of those gimmicks, get rid of the rest. And that's how I feel about Yano now, but it's kind of more acceptable for him to be just a giant walking gimmick because his. Just a comedy character,
0: anyway. He's also a face who uses hand sanitizer.
1: Yeah, I, I tweeted that out actually. I was like, wow, it's good to see a company that actually thinks of a wrestler using hand sanitizer as a baby face move.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anything else really to touch on night two? Or should we sort of wrap things up? Uh,
1: yeah. Let's uh, weekly wrestling wrap this up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So. Next week, it'll be a little less TV, but we'll be continuing along with the G1.
1: Yeah, what would we have? Like four, four nights of G1 to talk about?
0: I believe so. Give me one moment as I bring it up. So yeah, we'll be back on... Well, we won't. G1 will be back on Wednesday, September 23rd at 7.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time before returning September 24th at 7.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Night 5, September 27th at 5pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Then September the 29th at 7.30pm Australian Eastern standard time uh depending on what time we record we may not have the september 29th card for next week
1: yeah and well there's a good chance to some of our upcoming episodes of other stuff we're talking about we'll probably be watching the g1 in the background as we record so there's a good chance i might randomly pop here and there about a match unrelated to whatever we're talking about on a podcast (laughs) because <laughs> uh G one time sort of full disclosure ladies and gentle humans uh sort of falls into our evening recording times so it'll be interesting to see
0: yes indeed so with that being said i suppose i should pull up ye old schedule and let the good humans know what's coming up next yeah man so friday the 25th september we have a special edition of Thunderstorm talking wrestling music from New Japan Pro Wrestling.
1: Yeah, man, excited to talk about some of that. Without going too deep into it, it made me realise that New Japan is actually the best in the world at entrance music at the moment.
0: Like, second to none.
1: Like, I can't think of anyone that's better.
0: Then on Monday the 28th, we'll be back for Fallout Down Under number 13, where we talk WWE 24 WrestleMania. The show must go on from the... 23rd of August, 2020. And then finally, back for Wednesday, the 30th of September, talking the weekly wrestling wrap, as well as the G1 coverage with our R block after the wrap, and also announcing our October schedule.
1: Yes. Yes, yeah, so I think we're going to, like, we've had a incredible September with more content than we've ever pumped out in a month. And it's just going to keep
0: continuing to
1: snowball with more crazy content coming out the way for you good humans out there.
0: Yes, indeed. Well, I suppose with that being said, we should say good day and have some G-fun.
1: You fat pigs. <laughs>